morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Good to be in front of you today. Every once in a while, a song comes out that becomes really popular, and it's a popular tune. It's really catchy, but it says nothing. Well, today is that song. Uh, today, we're looking at the 2016 song that came out called Can't Stop That Feeling by Justin Timberlake, and it was the lead single for the soundtrack to the film Trolls. Now, uh, Timberlake, he voiced one of the characters there named Branch. He was also the executive music producer of the film. And yes, I may have rocked out to the song like many of you in your car at one point when it came on. Let's just be honest. That's probably what happened. Now, what Timberlake says in an interview, he said this, I've never written a song um, like that under these types of circumstances, but when I started to write the song, I was like, this actually makes me feel really good. It's nice to be a part of something that you can put out in the world and it just makes people happy and there's no rhyme or reason to it. And you can be unabashed about it. That's my favorite thing about this whole thing. It started out serendipitously. I was in touch with my old buddy, Max Martin, just about getting into the studio and just getting creative in general. And then this project came up and we just kind of dove in on this and we just had so much fun. So a fun-loving, carefree, meaningless song. That's really what we have here. But there's one question that I have that the song leaves unanswered and is what is this feeling that Timberlake is describing anyways? Now, let's be honest. Most of us have developed a love-hate relationship with feelings or emotions. And I think we recognize in part that emotions are central what it means to live, what it means to be human, and what it means to experience reality. That's, that's what our emotions bring to the table. One philosopher by the name of Robert Solomon, he said that we live our lives through our emotions, and it is our emotions that gives our lives meaning. And what interests us or fascinates us, who we love, what angers us, what moves us, what bores us, all of this defines us, gives us character, and constitutes who we are. Now, when we talk to one another, our conversations often focus on emotions, whether you realize it or not. We ask a very simple question, like, how are you? Then usually the response is that we share, at least with those close to us, rather than, you know, we'll, we'll share if we're upset or what maybe is bringing us joy or what saddens us or what, you know, makes us smile. And yet many of us also see emotions as something that could be problematic because they impact our lives in ways that we can't control. From an early age, our society has taught many of us that emotions are irrational or emotions can be childish or emotions are a sign of weakness and possibly emotions can interfere with you getting what you really want. Historically, guys like Plato and Aristotle thought emotions, especially anger, could be irrational. Seneca, another philosopher, even went so far as to claim that anger, particularly because of its connections to violence, has done more to threaten the survival of humanity than even the deadliest plague. Just throwing it out there. Now, since the 90s, we've had these tremendous advances in neuroscience that have helped us to understand ourselves, demonstrating the importance of emotion and physiology in decision-making. Now, if you've been following what's been happening in the world, we can see that many in our culture are relying increasingly on the feeling rather than fact. Now, that statement probably caused some sort of emotional response in some of you, and you can take it for however you want today. 
The information feelings convey in the moment can conflict starkly with the facts that are subsequently established before us. The quality of feelings, their immediacy, is also what makes them potentially misleading, spawning over reactions and fear and many other things. So with that said, when we speak of feeling something, it can actually mean two very different things. First, there is, when we say I'm feeling something, there's actually a physical sensation, includes pleasure and pain, right? Scratches behind the neck that feels so good, right? Which is actually crucial for navigating our s environment. Our nervous system it receives messages from the outside world that is used to coordinate our bodies and instinctive movements. The brilliance of our neurological network is that it faci facilitates immediate responses to information, whether that be from uh, physical circumstances or even our internal organs, right? The brain reacts immediate, uh, in, in, in extremely fast and offers, amongst other things, a crucial defense against any external threats. So it's that pleasure and pain concept. Secondly, there are feelings in the sense of emotions. Okay, these are experiences that we're capable of consciously reflecting on and articulating all the time. You know, we have a very wide vocabulary for expressing these feelings. We communicate them physically in our facial expressions, and even we communicate our feelings in our body language. And these feelings tell us important things about our relationships, about our desires, and about our identities. Feelings of this sort present themselves to our conscious selves such that we, we notice them, we're aware of them in some cases, even if we can't control them. And, and yet many feelings of this sort are, are not welcome <laughs> everywhere. There are many contexts where uh, an accusation of being emotional carries the implication that somebody has lost all objectivity and given to irrational forces, right? Have you ever been called emotional by somebody? It creates a feeling. Now, let's be honest. Feelings are how we orientate ourselves um, while providing a reminder of shared humanity, if I could put it that way. Our capacity to feel pain, empathy, to feel love is fundamental in how we care about each other and for each other. So we live in a society, when you think about it, that is actually governed by feelings. And some of our feelings take priority actually over common sense and even physical proof. Now, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just throwing it out there. Stanford psychologists examined why some people respond differently to upsetting situations, and they learned that people's motivations pay, play an important role in how they react. They, their study found that when a person wanted to stay calm, now listen, a person wanted to stay calm, they remained relatively unfazed when surrounded by angry people. But if they wanted to feel angry, then they were highly influenced by the angry people in which they found themselves in. So the researchers then discovered that um, people who wanted to feel angry also got more emotional when they learned that other people were just as upset as they were. And their findings were printed in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, which revealed that the people 
actually have more control over how their emotions get influenced than previously realized. The researchers went so far as to say is that we have long known that people have often tried to regulate their emotions when they believe that they were unhelpful. And this set of studies extends this insight by showing that people can also regulate the way they are influenced by others' emotions. Now think of that for a moment. What are you led by? What directs your decisions, your actions, your words, your thoughts? As a matter of fact, maybe you want to look at the person sitting next to you on the couch and answer that question for them and see how it goes. You see, as believers, we're called to live by faith, and yet so many of us choose to live by something else. We live by our feelings. You know, have you ever made a decision because it simply felt right? Have you ever said something because it felt like the perfect moment? I know I have. Now, how do emotions or feelings relate to the life of faith? That should be the question we need to be asking. See, the Bible is quick to tell us that our feelings, or actually it's our hearts more accurately, they can't be trusted. You know, read in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 28 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. <laughs> My favorite, because so many people know each other's heart. Oh, I know their heart. They're good people. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can know it? Right? So we're called not to live by our feelings, but we're called to live by faith according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Our faith is rock solid, if we've placed it in God, the unchanging, the perfect, the eternal, the sovereign one. And this faith is founded on the infallible, certain life-changing, authoritative word of God, the scriptures. And scriptures tell us then how to live and what to believe. And this is what should govern and determine how we speak, how we think and act, and not our ever-changing, easily influenced feelings. And so, technically, our faith is not blind, but is actually informed and guided by Scripture. We need to get into the Scripture. But sometimes we try to live by both faith and feeling, and I think we all like, identify with this. You know, for some, they may say this, uh, I'm going to marry this person despite the fact that the Bible tells me not to marry an unbeliever. I'm going to do it because it feels right. Or we have, a, I'm not going to forgive this person even though the Bible tells me to forgive because I don't feel like I can. And so what we do now is we actually begin to allow our feelings to dictate our stance with God rather than his word and what his word has already declared about us. And some may say, well, I don't feel forgiven by God, so he must be still angry with me. Some people will say, I don't feel joy, so I'm not going to worship God. Or some may say, I don't feel God's presence, even though I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Or I don't feel God when I do my Bible study, so I must be doing something wrong. See, God calls us, though, to live by faith. And this means that we act not based on our feelings, but on what he calls us to do. And we don't believe uh, something because of how it makes us feel, but rather we believe something by what Scripture says about it. 
Does our faith make any difference when it comes to the world of emotions? Again, the Bible speaks about the transformation of our minds in Romans 12, 1 and 2. But what about the transformation of our feelings? Have you ever thought about that? Should we as Christians, here's a great question, should we as Christians experience emotions differently than those outside of our faith? You know, how does the Bible relate to guilt and anger and sadness and fear? You know, should Christians feel less of these emotions and should we feel more positive ones like happiness, joy, peace, and hope? And I think these are actually seriously good questions that we just don't throw along the wayside. But why are our feelings so untrustworthy? And I believe there's two reasons. First of all, feelings are constantly changing. And secondly, they're affected by sin. Our feelings are like sand on the beach. And this is how you have to look at it. Sand is always move, being moved around. It's being pushed around uh, on a beach, right? Uh, it's being pushed back and forth by the wind. It's being moved by the water. It's kicked. It's thrown by people running across it uh, or children building it, dogs digging around, whatever, right? And it may even appear as a solid foundation at one point for your sandcastle. But if you add just a little too much water, the entire building collapses. Our feelings are no different than that piece of sand. They're easily changed by people. Our feelings are changed by circumstances. One moment you could be happy reading a book in your favorite chair, and then a few minutes later you're angered by the trail of mud that the dog has left somewhere. Or, uh, you know, you may have felt down when you first woke up this morning, but after an invigorating workout and your favorite playlist, you know, your day is looking a whole lot brighter. And so, you know, do you see how fickle our feelings are? And again, our feelings can be influenced by other people. A speaker, such as myself, could make you feel passionate about something or something, a new social justice need. A worship leader could make you feel like God's presence is all around you. A family member could make you feel guilty. A friend could make you feel happy again. A salesperson will make you feel anxious that you don't have the latest product. And so our feelings are so influenced and, and, and changed by words and actions and tones. And this is where we can see the foolishness of trusting our feelings. You know, how can you rely on something to inform you that is always swaying, that is always changing? When we look at the Bible, at first glance, it, it, it can also seem confusing. Both Old and New Testament seem to uphold fear as a good emotion, especially when people fear God, right? We read that in Deuteronomy 6 or in Acts chapter 10. But when God or one of his messengers appear to people, the messengers usually say, do not be afraid. Luke 15, or sorry, Genesis 15, Luke chapter 1. And then as we read the New Testament, we see that anger is usually mentioned in the list of sins that we read in Ephesians chapter 4 or Colossians chapter 3. But the Bible describes both God and Jesus as angry. Numbers chapter 11, Mark chapter 3. Paul instructs the Philippians to rejoice always, Philippians chapter 4. But then in James 4 9, we read, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. So how do we make sense of these wide spectrum of emotions and the variety of things that the Bible says about them? First of all, the Bible recognizes that human experience can be quite diverse. 
you know, a, a, a word that works well in one situation may not work well in another. And so when it comes to the emotional life, the Bible does not offer uh, commandments that hold everyone in every circumstance. Instead, there are particular words for particular people in particular circumstances. In other words, context is the key. As Romans 12, 15 puts it, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Certain times call for certain emotional reactions. And there will be seasons in our, all of our lives where we feel the tranquility or the peace that comes from God, which passes all understanding according to Philippians 4. But there will also be seasons when we can actually join in with the writer of Ecclesiastes in literally crying how utterly meaningless life can be. And second, the Bible makes it clear that we are broken people living in a fallen world. And so as a result, our emotional reactions are not perfect. At least not on this side of Jesus' return. There will be times when we resemble a guy like Potiphar in, in Genesis chapter 39. Potiphar received news that uh, Joseph, his slave, tried to reduce, uh, seduce his wife. And so what does Potiphar do? He gets angry and he imprisons Joseph right away. Now, that's a reasonable response at the first get-go, but as we as readers, we know a little bit more, and we know that his anger caused an innocent person to suffer. And the situation becomes much more complex than he realized, and the accusations against his slave, his servant, are false. And Potiphar did not always get his emotions right, but neither will we. See, God gives us many ways of making sense in the world around us. I believe he gives us the scriptures. He gives us the Bible. He gives us tradition. He gives us friends. He gives us experience. He gives us reason. And he gives us emotions. Now, none of these faculties are completely sufficient on their own. Because, look, we can misinterpret the Bible. Uh, the church's tradition did not always get things right. Friends can misguide us. Experiences can be open to multiple interpretations. Reason only has its limits, and emotions don't always make perfect sense. But God gives us all of these faculties. Why? To work together. Relying on just one of them can lead to a skewed view of God and the world in which we find ourselves. Third, the Bible envisions that faith can have a significant impact on our emotional lives. The correlation between our faith and our emotional life will not always be perfect. We may find ourselves unmoved by hearing good news. Or we may be unable to rid ourselves of anger after trying to attempt forgiveness of somebody. We're not perfect. However, even in our broken bodies, there will be times when the reality of our faith profoundly touches us. And I think many of us, if you're a believer, can think of moments maybe in worship where we were moved to tears or, or found ourselves just smiling because God's presence was so real in that moment. Now, even when I look to the scripture, I see that Jesus experienced a wide variety of emotions during his 33 years on earth. You know, scripture tells us that he felt, well, you know, what he felt and what he experienced specifically during his three years of public ministry. And we might tend to think that being unemotional being, means being more spiritual or spirit-controlled. And yet, I look at Scripture, and Scripture clearly shows that Jesus exercised a healthy amount of emotion and self-control. And he, he famously wept in John chapter 11 over the death of his friend. 
And the Bible affirms that faith does not rid believers of negative emotions. Because even Jesus found a reason to pray some of what we can call the angry psalms. Right? On the cross, he uttered the words from Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, the psalm suggests that that sometimes anger and sorrow will even be enduring. Psalm 44, Psalms 88, read them. And yet many of the psalms begin with raw expressions of anger and grief, but in the end, they, they praise, sing praises to God. And somehow in the midst of these gut-wrenching prayers, a, a way is made for rejoicing in God, even in the midst of our own personal turmoil. And it's just as if those praying are invited to take a bold step of faith, you know, engaging in their imaginations, recognizing that God has heard their plea and will work on their behalf in a powerful way. You know, just read Psalm 13, 1 to 6, and you see it play out in six verses. I go so far as to say is that Scripture actually comments on managing our emotions. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Also, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. I think God has really given us our feelings and emotions for a reason. Living by faith doesn't mean we ignore them. They're not evil in themselves, but when we allow thoughts to dwell on the negative, it can actually cause an unhealthy overload of negative emotions. And our feelings can at times be scary. Our feelings at times can be confusing and, and, and even at times dangerous to our own personal health. Other times we'll be full of love, happiness, joy, and peace. And so when we are there, sharing our feelings with others is helpful when it comes down to managing our emotions. And again, the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone, right? God has given us the gift of other believers who can share our burdens and whose burdens we share, but also share our joys and celebrations. And fellow believers, they can remind us of God's truth and even go so far as to offer us new perspectives. And maybe when we're feeling discouraged or afraid, we can benefit from the encouragement, the exhortation, the reassurance that other believers provide. And often when we encourage others, we ourselves are encouraged. Likewise, when we're joyful, our, our joy increases when we share, when we have good news to share. And I don't believe that God intended our feelings to, to guide us. I think God wants that job. God wants to be our guide. Our feelings should not be what drives our decisions, but rather an indicator of actually what's going on inside of us. And so we have to put our trust in what God says and check our feelings at the door, especially against Scripture. So living by faith means allowing God to be our guide and not our emotions. Excuse me. Not allowing our decisions to be the drive behind us, but the pursuit of Jesus and his truth be what we base our decision-making against. It will be in our best interest if we learn how to handle our feelings by responding well. 
You know, try to remember Philippians 4.8. <laughs> Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Corinthians, chap, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 5, when, when dealing with our feelings and thought process, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, let's be honest. Sometimes I can't help the way I feel. But I can help how I react to those feelings. And I can submit them to God and his will for my life and choosing to respond in a way that is based on God's truth for my life and the situation. And by doing it that way, I'm honoring God, intentionally putting faith over my feelings. Our thoughts are what trigger our feelings. When you think about it, our feelings are very real, but can be based or triggered by a negative overthinking thought process instead of the truth. And when we find ourselves going through a hard time and the walls are closing in with no light at the end of the tunnel, anxiety, maybe there's fear, maybe there's grief, maybe there's anger, all those emotions can be overwhelming and crashing upon us. Those are the moments when God reminds us not to be afraid, to focus on his truth, and to rest in him. Psalms 34, 18 tells us what we need that we know that he is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. That we can cast all of our anxiety on him because we are assured that he cares for us, as Peter writes. Isaiah 41 says, Fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And standing in the in the truth of God as broken and emotional people, which we all are, remembering that God made our emotions and gives us time to mourn and to laugh, recognizing them and submitting them one by one to Jesus and, and you know, moving forward in a way that honors God and what's going on inside of us. And so living by faith and truly believing what the Bible says is what will transform our thought process, and therefore help us keep our feelings in check and stand firm in the faith. Even difficult emotions reflect reality and can actually move us to a better place. You know, feelings mirror the pain and suffering in our lives when you think about it. So think about it this way. Imagine losing a close friend or a family member and feeling no grief or sense of loss. What if you hurt someone you love, but you felt no sense of remorse or shame? Imagine getting fired or failing a test and feeling no disappointment. It might sound nice to do without these painful feelings, but none of us can deny that emotions give meaning and depth to our lives. Often the emotions we most wish we could avoid move us actually into a new and better direction because without emotions life would just simply be a colorless canvas life would be boring <laughs> life would be bland so i need to say that look, emotions are a good and gracious gift to every man and every woman created in the image of god 
We just need to deal with them and respond to them in a healthy, biblical way to honor God and to honor each other. So do you need help living by faith and not being guided by your emotions? You know, we're called to live by faith and not our emotions, and yet so many of us choose to live by something else. We, we want to live by our feelings. And, and emotions are at the core of our motivation, and they are why we continue on with life, even in the face of disappointment and disasters. And you may know many emotional people. You may be one yourself. But remember, being emotional is not a bad thing. And the best thing to do when you're feeling like something isn't right is to really check it out. Don't sit on it. Don't push it down. Don't try to ignore it. Because when we do our emotions, they don't cooperate. Sometimes the only way out is, is by getting into the feelings and, and first looking at how we might be creating them in our mind. You combine that with some gentle and not uh, accusatory questioning, right? Of maybe it's a person or people or a thing that you might be the cause of the emotions that you're going through. Look for truth. Be open to see how it's possible that your feelings may not be accurate. And it's also helpful to get an outside perspective from somebody that you trust that can speak into your life. And finally, some people have told me that their emotions run away with them, right? And their unstable emotions destroy their ability to function. For some, it's been their family and friends or their job. And they end up letting their emotions dictate their choices instead of making choices that should dictate their emotions. And I think we need to recognize our feelings for what they are. They're feelings. They're not facts. They're not the truth. They're not e edicts. And so as believers, when it comes to living by faith and not allowing our emotions to lead us, that, that can be actually very complicated to tackle. But our feelings can change at the drop of a hat. Our feelings can change at the tune of a song or the embrace of a friend. And I think God has created us. He has wired us with emotions. And I am learning to allow them to accompany me on the road of life instead of pretending they don't exist, don't really matter. Now, in the end, it is God and his word that should inform our feelings. And it's not the other way around. And just because I may feel useless, hopeless, unlovable, worthless, doesn't mean I am, especially when I hold it up to Scripture. And this might seem obvious to some, but emotions can be convincing, and the evidence seems to abound to confirm, you know, whatever subjective experience that people find themselves in. And so when you're tempted to listen to your feelings, or if your feelings are overwhelming you, stop and look at the Scriptures. Compare what you are feeling to what he says. And Scripture should be our source. It should be our foundation. And that we live by that and not our feelings. Let's pray. Father, we've been carrying around all these worries. And for many of us, we just can't do it anymore. You know, maybe we feel like we can't handle it. And I know that You've never really meant for us to carry this stuff anyway, but, Lord, maybe we don't know why we are going through what we're going through. But I ask that right now that 
you would talk to us individually about it. Father, show us. Show us what you're doing in our heart during this time. Show us what you want us to learn. Give us the insights to handle our emotions and feelings properly and give us the faith to follow you, especially when we're in that point of struggle. Father, help us to believe and to cling to your promises and to live by your word. God, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And Father, I'd ask that the Holy Spirit would bear his fruit powerfully and clearly in all of our lives today. And may we be humble like Jesus is humble. And as Scripture says, let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us to obey you perfectly. As soon as you speak, would you make us moldable, teachable, pliable in your hearts. And may we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Soul Sanctuary in ancient time, the one who blessed, extend his hands for a blessing. Those receiving did likewise, here it is. Soul Sanctuary, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication and with plenty of thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And may the Father grant you peace which passes all understanding and may he guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now be blessed and go and live the church and we'll see you next week.